What have you been up to, man? Not too much, man. I was I was just in church this morning. Um, yeah, okay. I just finished having lunch. So yeah, I'm just I'm just chilling this afternoon. Yeah. Good, nice. Mm. But you were uh, and you work throughout the week, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What kind of job you doing? Uh, well, actually, I just started a new job, so I'm doing. I actually just got hired as head of sales, um, doing like marketing at this the marketing agency. So that's my new awesome. position that I'm in. Yeah. That kind of ties into your whole, um, you know, can help your career a lot. Yeah, definitely. Is definitely. that the basis they sort of accepted you on or uh, hired you on? Seeing the social growth? Um, it was actually, it's funny. So I met the guy through my, because I worked at, I worked at Airbnb and like mm-hmm. as customer service. And um, I just ended up helping this guy out. Like he was having some issues for a while. And nobody could figure it out. And then when he got on the phone with me, I figured it out real quick, had it fixed for him. And right. he, he was just super impressed with my like customer service skills and the way that I was just patient with him and all that. And he was like, yeah, man, mm-hmm. I want to offer you another job. I think I can help you make a lot of money. And I was just like, sure, let me hear it. So he told me to call him after work. Then we ended up talking for an hour. And he was just like, yeah, man, I really like you a lot. I actually had some other people I was thinking of hiring, but he's like, I think you're perfect for this. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. See, that's how it goes. That's, that's crazy because a lot of guests we have on here, we talk about, uh, we always end up talking about sort of the, um, how free work sort of can, or, or like just being uh, genuinely trying to help people at some point always, you know, yields a return and, 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 and things, yeah. opportunities always come from any corner. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. So how's, um, the first time I, um, heard of you, Miyazue is how you, how you pronounce the name? Uh, yeah, yeah, you said it right. All right, yeah, nice. Yeah, um, I um, we were doing, I think, some sort of a, um, you know, post uh, the artists that you think deserve more attention, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just going through these artists, and uh, I saw the video of you on tour. It was you getting off stage, uh, probably what was it, Chicago? Because you were wearing the Bulls jersey. Um, actually, no, that was actually in my city. So, um, the that was actually, city. Yeah, that was um at like this um festival for like the university. They have it like every year at the beginning of the school year. Right. Um, and yeah, they they booked Tiger and YG as the headliners, and wow, they called okay. me to be one of the openers. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's insane. <laughs> Did you get to network with them at all, or um? I met with their teams and stuff a little bit. I didn't really interact mm-hmm. with them. They were like sort of in their own change room and all that. But honestly, I was having so much fun that I wasn't even really thinking about that. I was just like enjoying the crowd love because the, the fans were showing me so much love. People were asking me for pictures. Um, I was mm-hmm. with like my cousins, my close friends and stuff. So I, I was just having a good time in my own world, really. Amazing. Yeah, because <laughs> I saw like the, the video of you like getting off stage and actually, I think we shared it and said something like... Um, this is just what genuine, um, it was like genuine happiness that, that came out, like a genuine feeling. It's, it's, you saw it. Yeah, you, it was raw. Like, it, was a, it was a very raw moment. Raw, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you know, we're, we're making it, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. That was, yeah, that was like a big moment in my career for sure. Like that, that changed mm-hmm. the way I saw everything definitely after that day. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, before this, take me back to, um, to the beginning because... I mean, I must say, like your your work stands out. Um, Hip hop is uh, such a overly saturated market, and I'm a purist <laughs> when it comes <laughs> yeah. to it, you know. But not 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 a purist in the sense of um, being too, you know, stuck in one genre or one style of it. But like, I accept the new wave a lot. 
but mm-hmm. it, 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 there's just so much that comes in so many submissions we get in and you know weeding out the good from the bad is just it's it's, it's an endless job definitely but you have that you have something that you know um in terms of uh, being a lyricist as well as just production value and everything comes together as a um just as as a whole <laughs> yeah it it just stands out so i appreciate tell it, me wh- where does your um you know where does it come from where does the talent come from when did you discover it um so i started rapping first in 2012 but honestly i'm i'm the type i'll admit to people like i wasn't always the best rapper so it was like when i started i knew because people always told me i had the voice and stuff but i always knew like i had to work on my writing still i had to become a better hook writer and all that so i just knew that i have to outwork everybody from that point and i knew that as long as i work hard and i keep studying you know the greats and all that and the people who've done it before me and the people who've done it to the highest mm-hmm. level um i'm definitely going to get better so yeah i just really just kept working kept working because some there's some people that are definitely they're naturally talented at it and it's just something mm-hmm. they have but i can i can admit to people it wasn't something that i was just naturally always great at you know i had to really put a lot of work in you know so yeah it makes sense um as you said, like some, 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 some things are God given, like, uh, but then, you know, there's just so much that goes into it that, that talent alone is not enough. You hear it a lot. You, you hear it with athletes mm-hmm. and uh, artists as well. And, um, I think as you said, like you have the voice as well. So that's like one God, God given thing. Yeah. You what can you add to that voice. to sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, along with that, I mean, it, it doesn't just take talent to it. Like, I always say, like, hidden talent uh, doesn't gain your reputation. Mm-hmm. There's no point in it being hidden. Um, how? What are you? What are you doing to you know gain that exposure and uh, constantly grinding and you know gaining that following? Um. So it's it's really a combination of like just the way I brand myself and marketing, really. Because even um like when I first started making music, I was actually that was when I first started university and stuff. So, like, in those first couple of years, you know, I was taking, like, different courses and all that. And one of the things that, like, I loved the classes that I loved the most was just marketing and just seeing how, like, companies put out products and life cycles and studying all mm-hmm. that. So, when it came to my music and all that, um, you know, I really, that was one thing I always wanted to focus on. Like, I got to brand myself a certain way. Like, people got to know me for certain attributes and all that. And that's what they come to me for. Because it's like, I feel like a lot of mm-hmm. artists, they they try to just copy pretty much what they see somebody else doing. But at the same time, it's like, you have to be your own unique entity. Because it's like, if you copy somebody else, people, because you're just a copy of it, it's like having like a brand like Nike and then you have like mm-hmm. a no-name brand which has the same designs as Nike, but it's not Nike. So people are always going to, the shoe might look the same, but they're always going to go to Nike because that's the original source of it. So I always just wanted to have a unique identity, a unique brand that's just true to myself, what I want to represent, what I want to to just really show people because especially as an artist the bigger mm-hmm. you get the more people look up to you and stuff so it was always like okay what is it that the message that i want to put out to people how do i want people mm-hmm. to to look at me like how am i influencing them so that's that's really the way i look at it you know branding and marketing is a big a big thing for me i think about it like the more 
the the persona that you sort of create that that it's it's hard to get out of that once you've reached a certain following mm -hmm. i think because then you can be people can see you as a fake person so there's something to you know pay attention to i think while while growing yeah. so what is sort of the message you're trying to put out because in your music you're always trying to you 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 give the whole come up sort of feel Mm -hmm. of like a lot of your music is about the come up and uh you know you're you're making it and sort of also speaking it into existence maybe in a yeah. way right and then another thing is like you have the socially conscious side you mm -hmm. know what um what do you want your brand to represent uh man i just i want to hustle and motivate people um just especially just like my family story is like it goes back to like my dad my mom mm -hmm. um where they came from like they 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 weren't from here you know they came all the way from zambia and africa um you know like even my dad he he grew up in a small village he didn't start school till he was nine but he, you know he still mm -hmm. ended up making it out of there getting full scholarships to university and then got more scholarships to come to school over here and then just built a life for himself. And just growing up too, I saw how hard my parents worked. And so that was just something always just naturally instilled in me. I realized like, if you really just put your head down and focus, you can make anything happen, especially because I feel like in the city I come from, there's not a lot of successful artists or people that really make it to that next level. And even if there are, um, you don't really hear about them because like most of them just leave and they never come back and all that. So it's like, I just want to inspire people to really know that no matter where you're starting from, you just got to make a plan and be determined and, and you can really make anything happen for you. Like you really have more control over your life than you think, you know? And I just, I want people to know that and people to have that confidence in themselves, you know, especially because, mm -hmm. you know, when you're trying to chase something super big, especially when other people around you've never seen something like that, they'll, they'll fill your head with doubts and all that. And it's just, I want people to be like, have that confidence in yourself to, you know, be able to block out that noise. Even when other people are saying it's not possible, believe in yourself. Cause they say mm -hmm. like, you know, success starts with just the belief. You have to just believe something can happen. And then you start working towards it. And slowly over time, it ends up becoming a thing, you know, like I study Steve Jobs a lot too. Like they mm -hmm. said Steve Jobs, when it came to Apple, um, when he had the vision in the early stages, he was just so determined to make it that vision that he had in his head. And he pretty much bent reality into the world he saw, you exactly. know, he created this product. And, and that's something that I carry and think about every day, you know. So mm -hmm. I just I just want other people to know that too, and I want them to see it through me to see my come up, like from not being able to rap that good, from not from having nobody at my shows, you know, mm -hmm. and to me really doing it and inspiring people and just really creating something out of nothing, you know. So that's interesting because it's uh, there's a big question always about whether whether you should stay local or whether it's better to expand and go outside where there is mm -hmm. a lot of other noise you know or other um where you're one of many instead of being the trendsetter locally yeah and i want to ask you what do you think because you know winnipeg is a is a small place yeah. relatively right so what 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 is the reason that do you think people like canadian artists for example how do they look at the u.s and do you think it's still necessary to move to the u.s to, US to really make it or How do you see that? 
Um, I feel like the internet's kind of changed that, you know, because it's like now music is really like without borders because with the internet, you can be in a hundred different places at once, um, you know, really without it even going there. So it's just, I think, finding a way to just put yourself out there and just, um, you know, get through the noise, just really break through that and have stand out amongst everybody. Now, with that being said, though, I still do think it's very important to travel to different cities, um, you know, just to be exposed to different cultures, you know, to meet people face to face, because there's nothing like that in-person connection as well, too, you know. So um, I definitely sure. think, yeah, like, even to get respect here, like, a lot of people don't respect you until like they see you get love in the US or like, you know, seeing you get booked for shows or certain people down there showing you love and all that. Um, so yeah, no, I definitely still think that plays a big part in it, but I don't think you have to necessarily move down there to to really make your career blow up like before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for me, I, I'm, because I manage a couple of artists mm-hmm. in, um, they're in Jordan. I'm uh, half Jordanian. That's uh, I don't know if you know where that oh, is. Oh yeah, I know where Jordan is. Yeah, I got friends you know from like, Palestine, Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're the same people all of us. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I always say um, it's always it's it's weird. Like sometimes they have such a big, you know, these artists have such a big um underground following that's super passionate about them, but then they always still have the feeling that we need to be known in. We need to collaborate with artists abroad. And I actually encourage that too, like abroad. And mm-hmm. um, just to get your name out there, just just to, it doesn't even matter if you get followers from there, just to, the fact that you work with those people gives you legitimacy in their own country. Yeah. <laughs> in your own country, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And um, it has definitely become easier with the internet. I just don't know. For a lot of people, sometimes you'll be not a sellout at this stage, but people might label certain artists as... Uh, do you even care about us because we are the locals here and you're now trying to change the, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. You, you know what definitely. I mean? Yeah, because yeah, sometimes people do try to box you in. Um, mm-hmm. But that's like another thing too. It's like, you got to really just look at your own goals too. It's like, of course, the fans are going to have their opinions too. But it's like, mm-hmm. man, as a person, like my goal is to be bigger than just here. So it's like, I get, you know, you guys may feel that way. But like, this is also for me too. I'm doing this for me because... I know there's people over there too. It's like just the way you guys get affected by my music, you guys gravitate to it. There's probably somebody over there who my music can affect in the same way. So why would I not want to try to get it out there to those people too? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree mm-hmm. totally. And um, what's your uh, creative process like? Uh, man, I don't really. Do you, I don't really have. Do you even a have a really. <laughs> creative process? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really random. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just some days, you know, I'll intentionally be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to sit down and write right now. I'm going to go in the studio for a few hours. Da da da. Um, sometimes though, it's just somebody will hit me up and be like, yo, um, I just sent you these beats. And then it's just like I go check the beats out and I like them so much in the moment. The ideas start flowing to me and I'm just like, OK, let me let me just get this idea down because it's so good. Like I got to lay it down before I forget it, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's different every time. It's it's different every time for sure. Interesting. Yeah. But so do you like hum into a mic and uh, sort of improvise well, sort of uh, yeah, so sounds when, instead of lyrics? You know, because you know I've seen a lot of people do that nowadays. Yeah. So actually, yeah, when it does come to like okay, that in creating in that way, yeah, no, definitely. Um, 
I'll t- I'll definitely make like the melodies and the flows first because I feel that's what drives this song first initially, you know, that mm-hmm. feeling, you know, so you want to catch the vibe first. And then once you have the vibe, just fit the words into that, you know, of what you're trying to say and then just fill it all out. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. I used to like there's times too though where I'll just I'll write some words down in a certain flow. And then I'll find a beat and I'll be like, okay, this fits perfectly for what I wrote here, you know, and then mm. just take it from there, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That way it looks like the beat was actually formulated around the the topic or the, the lyrics you were trying yeah. to you wrote. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always special because that's where like people like uh, Nipsey and even uh, and, and and Kendrick do in what I thought in Dam, for example, in uh, that album, what made it so great was the whole... It's like a, it's like a movie. I always relate it to a movie, you know, and you have to watch it from the beginning, from number one to number 10, whatever. Yeah. Because every song is linked to the next one in terms of storyline and, 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 uh, you know, are you ever looking forward to, to creating a project like that? Or do you stick to the, to the mixtapes or? Um, yeah, no, every, yeah. Cause all my albums, I put out two albums now. Um, but when I made them, I know I'm definitely like thinking in concepts like, okay, I'm going to cover these topics for this album. This is what I'm trying to talk about. Like, like my last album, Things I Never Said, was really just me talking about a lot of things that I've gone through or like been through that I haven't really spoken about in public and all that, mm-hmm. you know, just like certain things like, you know, like certain friends passing away, um, you know, how that affects me. Um, mm-hmm. situations I went through, you know, how th- how that affected me and changed the way I see things. And just like really just giving people my thoughts, like of how I'm thinking when I'm going through certain moments and all that, you know. So mm-hmm. and then my album before that was called E, My Experiences on Empty. Um, that was my first album ever. And that was just really about me talking about times where I felt like I was on empty or I felt empty, like, damn, where do I go from here, you know? Mm. and so yeah like, i'm definitely a very conceptual artist and as definitely as i grow more as an artist i definitely do want to make an album like in a good kid mad city type way you know like really yeah. something that's like a classic piece of work that's just very artistic that's definitely something yeah. that I, i strive to want to make one day for sure i think it's always good to in my opinion you know create a work on that project in the background for years while you're releasing other stuff yeah just you know because that has to be the perfect one when it's the right time yeah it's actually um, funny you say that um because with mm -hmm. my albums too i i've had i have like all my album names way before so even when i made my first album when i made that first album i already had the second album name so it was like i already knew what i was going to be touching on then and there's like the next album i have i have that name and there's an album after that that i that i have the name for and all that and just um, you know, for certain milestones, because I feel like with each album I grow to a certain point. And I think mm-hmm. the fourth one, I'm not, I don't want to say the name for it, but I think by the fourth one, my career is gonna be like at a certain point where I'm like really like the mainstream is gonna be watching and it's gonna be like, damn, okay, like what is he gonna come with now? And and that that one's something that, awesome. that I have something really special planned for that one. So <laughs> looking forward to that one then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should send me the name. Nah, nah, you don't have to. <laughs> um, to uh, you know, I can send you the names maybe off, off camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 can do that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and that's cool because 
I think whenever you get an idea, you can also like write it down because you can sort of compare compartmentalize it into those uh, albums. Yeah, you know? Say, exactly. Like, something comes up. You know, sometimes you just in bed right before you sleep, and an idea pops up, and you put it in your notes yeah. <laughs> on the phone, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. Because I heard the um, why a while back though it was uh, or the Russ inter the Joe Budden interview with Russ, and um, I actually wasn't too big on the guy first on Russ that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Russ. I love Russ. But now, I'm with you now. <laughs> you know <laughs> what he said there was it was interesting because his best work and uh, I don't know which one it was because he dropped so much was yeah. um, <laughs> he had written that you know six years ago or something when mm-hmm. nobody knew who he was and um, he 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 knew it was a banger but he saved it and had the patience for so long. Because he needed, he knew he was going to reach that certain level and drop it then because that was going to be the right time where it really yeah. created a buzz. You know, and I thought that was super dope, man. That's mm-hmm. trying to do that with, with our artists too, sort of. We're creating a body of work that, you know, that's the nuclear bomb, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's sort of how I see it. So, but what, um, you know, it, we, it, tragedy fuels art, right? Mm-hmm. And I think... I always like to see which which stage people made the change. There's always that one point in someone's life where they made a shift and, you know, started chasing their dreams or started fixing their life or whatever they're going through. Um, and it makes us better people. What was that like? Do you know what mo- point that was for you? Uh, Is there I any was... moment where you thought that actually was the pivotal moment of my life? Yeah, no, I definitely say... um. The the moment well there's there's two very crucial moments that I had, um mm-hmm. like there was one when I was twenty years old, and like um I just signed to like this label in my city and all that, and I stopped going. That was when I like, I stopped going to university. I was in university for two years, um oh. but then just being around like the guys I was around there because the dude I was signed to, um he's like one of the most successful artists to, like ever come out of my city and stuff, and just being around him, and all the stuff he was showing me and like just how much he believed in me that I could do all the stuff that he had done to that point and him believing I could do more. Um, just really, it really showed me like, okay, I think I can really do this. And also in that time period too, um, my cousin, um, my cousin, his name's Alan Kingdom. Um, and he's also an artist. Like he's gone to the Grammys with Kanye and all that. Um, with this group, The Standard, they were at one point, like one of the most buzzing groups in the U.S., um, and just seeing him, because we grew up really like best friends, you know what I mean? Like, that's my mm-hmm. brother. So we were really close family growing up. And just seeing him grow into that point where I saw him doing all those things, too, it was like, it made me realize, like, yo, this is so real. Like, it's so possible. Like, people don't realize, like, this is somebody I grow up with, I talk to every week, like, and he's doing all this, like, he's out here with DJ Khaled, like, doing all this crazy stuff, you know? So it was like, damn, you know, seeing that. And then... And was that in the early days, like, on the come up, when they were all on the come up? Yeah. Not, not Kanye, I guess he was, like, already... uh yeah. Up there, but Khaled maybe. Um, no, Khaled was actually established, but Khaled was like showing his yeah. group love. Like he even popped out um mm. for one of their shows, opened up for them. Like so, just seeing that, I was like, damn, like you know, yeah. like that's crazy. It, and yeah, it makes it real when there's you know it's happening so close to you. It's like within your family. Then <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely yeah. changes your perspective. And then another moment was like a couple years after that. Um, I had a friend um who, who's like. 
um, we were, we weren't really that close then, but we were like cool enough that he he pulled me to the side one day and he was like, man, like I've been watching you grind these last few years, and he's like, bro, I see how hard you go. And he's like, honestly, man, he's like, I think you have so much potential. He's like, I really think you could make it to that next level. He's just like, I feel like you just need like a little bit of guidance, like somebody to help like point you in that direction. And he's like, you know, like I'm not anybody special, but he's like, I feel like I understand music and all that stuff. Like, and I'm, I'm just really passionate about it. And he's like, I think mm-hmm. I could really help you. And so I started working really closely with him. And and he was the one that he, you know, he helped me like really sharpen my brand up, you know, my branding into like just how I want to display myself to the public, um, all that. Even when it came to how I write my music, like we, I would write songs, he would break them down for me and be like, yo, this is why this song's not going to appeal to the mainstream or to this audience that you're trying to get to. Maybe you should try writing in this perspective try to write about these things like this and mm-hmm. and it was just those those things that he just taught me and helped me with changed everything for me you know and yeah. it just changed the way I made my art the way I, my brand was and yeah from there things just started going up in in a whole nother direction you know in a whole nother level and yeah that was that was and I always tell him to this day I'm like like man if you didn't pull me to the side like that like I don't know if I would have been able to do all this. It was like, yeah, I had the hunger, the the work and all that, but you just pointing me in that direction, making me see things that I wasn't really seeing, changed everything. So that that right was place, right one. time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's also an attitude thing though. I mean, um it's not that easy for a lot of people to accept uh, criticism. Like have you been good accepting criticism? Have oh, you always been good at it or? Um yeah, no, definitely like since I was a kid too cuz like one thing with me is, is like, I've never been the kid who was like, always just naturally good at stuff. Like I've always had to work hard at stuff. So mm-hmm. when it comes to that, like, even I remember when I used to play basketball and stuff, um, when I was in like freshman year of high school, I remember I got like the coaches award for my basketball team. And like some of my teammates were like, oh man, you just got that because you're a suck up, like da da da. And then um, <laughs> it's like, smart to be a suck up sometimes. <laughs> That's networking one on one. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't even I was being a suck up. They're just saying that like you yeah. know jokes, like you teenagers, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They're like, why do you get this award? But um, mm-hmm. I asked my coach really because I, I I couldn't understand why I got it. Like I wasn't the best player on the team or anything like that. But he was like, he was like, man, if there's one thing I noticed about you, he's like, you show up every day. You work extra hard and you never complain like about anything. Mm. When somebody gives you advice, like, hey, because I remember even there was one game, um, it was a championship game um for like just the regular season and before playoffs and all that. And then I got I I didn't end up playing that game. And I don't even know why I didn't end up playing that game because I was like usually sixth man off the bench, seventh man. Like I was somebody who came into the game like you know pretty early and all that mm-hmm. but for some reason that game he just didn't pull me in but I didn't say anything about it I went to the next practice just worked hard and then playoffs came and I played in every single game like every quarter I played probably more minutes in the playoffs than I did in regular season and he was just like he was like man the fact that you didn't complain because he's like at other kids their parents came to me they're like yeah my kid he's complaining <laughs> he doesn't get to play that but he's like you never said anything you just came, you continue to work hard. And he's like, I, I I can't not respect that. You know, like not everybody's like that. And I was just like, man, I feel like if, if I, if I didn't play, there's a reason I did it. And I'm just going to work harder next time. You know, I don't ever feel entitled to anything. 
And so, yeah, I've just always carried that attitude everywhere I go, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, when you look at it objectively, what's complaining going to change for real? Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, like, you can't turn the time back. And also, apparently, you see something that's not right. The coach. Yeah. We know. had someone in the class who was the opposite in the basketball team. Um, He was... <laughs> His, the, the only reason he was put on the bench and he never even played, he played like two minutes in the whole season, I think, mm-hmm. was because his parents kept complaining to the coach that he was never in the team, that he wasn't even accepted <laughs> to the basketball team. So he was like, I'm going to put you here to get your mom off my back. Yeah. <laughs> and he was still complaining, you know, like some, mm-hmm. like, you got to count your blessings that you're here anyway. Yeah. And that's the thing. If he's hearing this, he knows who he is. But... Yeah. And that, that's another yeah. thing, just like the way my parents taught me, they're like, for everything in this life, you got to work. You got to work for it. Like, yeah. nobody's going to just give you anything, like, you know? And and that's just something I've always just kept. Like, I don't I don't expect anybody to give me anything. If I didn't get it, I didn't work hard enough for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's just what it is. Yeah, it's, if you have everything, it's uh, hard to be motivated to even try, you know? That's yeah what I feel. So maybe, I mean, now I know why parents shouldn't spoil their kids you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's also there this uh you have the the your parents have the immigrant mentality mm-hmm. and that's a powerful uh thing because it's it's hard to you know you're growing up in in winnipeg you know you're in the west it's all it's all good so for people that were born and raised there it's it's hard to see the downside or, or that it can be worse if they're already in a in a in a bad place um yeah. maybe mentally or you know or professionally or whatever career wise um for your parents it was probably already a blessing that they managed to make it to uh to canada and yeah and they probably it's it's how did you were you always as a kid were you always interested in were you born here and i mean here in canada yeah 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 yeah, yeah you were born, born and raised there yeah i was born so, here but i've been also i've been back to my home country too though hmm. and i've seen like where my parents grew up so like when you see that in person and it's like Man, imagine if I was born here, like my parents didn't make it out and I was born here. Like I would have yeah. to work even harder, you know, to just get to where I'm at. So I'm like, my parents, like I look at it as my parents gave me like a head start in life almost. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like compared to a lot of my cousins that are still back there and all mm-hmm. that, it's like I, I do have a head start. So it's like I just I'm just gonna take advantage of all the opportunity that we have, you know. Were you always aware of that? Just uh, as a kid as well, or and did you um, always have a curiosity as to where they grew up and what the situation was like? Um, yeah, definitely. Because the one thing my parents about them that I love is like they've they've never tried to like assimilate us into this culture, like and be like, oh no, like you don't got to worry about back home, like forget about that. Nah, they've always like told us about back home and like you know what the values are there, you know how our family is, our mm. traditions all that stuff so they've always kept us very in the loop and i feel like my my family is very cultural in that aspect so there's just certain values distilled in us like even all my cousins like you know everybody's taught to work hard from a young age that nobody's just going to give you stuff and it's Mm -hmm. just when you have that awareness it just makes you move different through life you look at stuff differently so yeah 100 percent. and i always feel like when i'm talking to people here that are from I like people that are born in the West or like Western Europeans and stuff. There's always that, that there's a lot of, there's a huge disconnect. Like the, if they have never been in a, in that side of the world mm-hmm. or for me in the Middle East for, uh, you know, yeah. if they haven't been there for an extended amount of time or it wasn't just a vacation, um, they don't understand the culture shock 
even even if the country is still a super advanced, there's still a huge culture shock. Yeah. People think culture shock is like um about uh, how modern the country is, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's about just uh, the mentality of people and it just like some people you can you can thrive here um but you can go to another country in a different continent that has the same amount of modernity maybe in uh, you know but still be completely left out because of their lack of cultural awareness perhaps yeah and um so a lot of people miss the mark when they do business with with those countries i feel yeah thought about um have you ever thought about promoting your music over there as well because i think oh. that 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 is a huge <laughs> market yeah no definitely actually like um some of my cousins actually even um that live back there um i've had some cousins even actually that lived here and moved back there just because they're like there's so much more opportunity that i could have like just because growing up here is like the way it is it's just like if you can succeed here you can take that all the stuff you learned here and go back there and succeed on another level you know absolutely so so yeah some of them have just seen that and they've gone back there and they're even like yeah man we need to get you out here at some point like fly you out for a few months get you a few shows get you playing in the club yeah. get your name really out there because yeah no it's, it's definitely a market so that that's definitely something i see especially like there's never been a rapper like from zambia like who's been big so i could be like mm -hmm. that national treasure like even though i'm canadian i'm that's still where i'm from you know yeah what what uh what language was it they speak there i have a couple of zambian friends here they're all half dutch Half Zambian. Yeah, actually, my I dad. I forgot. Is, it wasn't college. In the Netherlands, yeah. You also maybe they're the same people. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But, so um, yeah, no, because uh, yeah, I had the same. Like also for the show, I was just you know in Jordan for for for. I was I was there for three. I just came back after three months. Okay. I was supposed to go there for like for like a month for vacation, and then with all the COVID travel restrictions, I decided to extend it a bit. They canceled my flight, and then I caught COVID. And then oh, I got damn. some business opportunities there, so I just stayed. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of those things, I mean, we were sitting with a marketing team that wanted to, we're, 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 that brought me in, like, oh, we love this this podcast, and uh, you know, we didn't know you were Jordanians, and like, get me, because I take I take more to my mother's side, <laughs> like, looks wise. Yeah. So, um, um, and they were like, you know, how they're showing me all these numbers, like how big I can be if I promote it in Jordan, because there's in those countries all that that there's this other different sense of pride, if like. To them, to a lot of these people, the West is such a far away place mm -hmm. to, to reach, also professionally. And um, it's, it's seeing someone's like one of us make it to them, even on a smaller scale, is just such a big deal. Yeah. You can just garner it. You, you have a head start. You have like, you're five steps ahead already just mm -hmm. by being there. Definitely. Yeah. But it's good you're thinking about that as well. Yeah. You told me your parents are still doing charity work there, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So my family, we have, um, we have a charity that we started called Ntungo Noble. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, pretty much. So it's based around, um, just building like schools and hospitals and infrastructure, um, just for the next generation of kids out there. Cause like my dad, um, going up, he said like in this village, like one reason why a lot of kids don't finish school and stuff is just because school is so far away. Like you're walking, four hours to school a day and back, you know, like my dad would be, have to leave home when it's dark. Yes. Four hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like so eight, eight hours total or yeah. Like you're walking Damn. per day. So it's like after some point, some kids is just like, this is just too much. But my yeah. dad, he said, he said growing up, he's like, there was just something in my mind every day that just said, no, you have to go. Like you're going to just go. 
just go. And mm-hmm. that's what really got him out of there because he was willing to like go that extra mile. But he knows like mentally that's that's a lot for most kids, you know. Like he he even says he's like it's it's like he feels like like God was walking with him, you know, and pushed him mm. to that point that he was able to do that. And yeah. so he was just like, yeah, what I want to do is, is like, I want to build schools that are accessible right there in the village. So the kids can walk five, 10 minutes from their house to the school and go to school every day and be able to finish school. And, you know, so everybody's literate there. And then, you know, they can even build their own little business communities out there just mm. because everybody's educated and all that. And, you know, it just starts Foresight. the economy. Yeah. Like my dad's yeah. a visionary, you know, and that's, that's even where yeah. I get my vision from. Yeah. Seeing, you know, the way he thinks and the way, cause even as kids, he always used to tell us like, yeah, when you guys grow up, I want this for you. I want this for you. I want this for you. So he always told us like why he would do certain things, you know, and why he wanted us to work hard. It wasn't just like work hard just to work hard. It's like, no, so you can do this. So you can be able to do this for your kids. So you can be able to do that. And yeah, so so that's that's really what is based around it. Even just like um, mm-hmm. we want to help with just providing like food resources, you know, to help people with like have their own farms out there so they can have their own food supply, grow their own food and just really teach people, you know, how to be self-sustainable, you know. Yes. One thing with my dad being out here is it's because he's like the breadwinner in his family he's getting calls all the time from people like, yo, can you send me money for this? Can you send me money for that? And he's That's like, very common. You and know. It, yeah. You know, and our cultures like, are very similar in that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he loves to send money, but he's like, I also got to take care of my family here. So I want to just be able to, you know, teach them how to be self-sustainable so that now they can, they can grow their own food, sell it in the marketplace, mm. make their own money, you know, start their own businesses because they're educated and, you know, they have the, the knowledge and skills to do certain things, you know, create their own economy. So yeah, that's, that's really what we're focused on out there. Um, so yeah, my dad's village is like the first village um, that we're, we're starting to build in. And then, you know, hopefully over the years, as once we get, um, you know, things really going out there, we can start moving to other areas in the country and mm. start developing out there as well. So. Is that someone that something that you want to leverage with your career as well, sort of to, to do that as a side business as well? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, that's definitely mm-hmm. something I want to promote with my platform, just because, like, I feel like even even outside of my um, just helping out there, I want to help my community where I grew up. Like, you mm-hmm. know, because I feel like with our city, um, there was there's not really a lot of music resources, like even places for like kids to go. Say, if you wanted to learn how to mix music, you know, or learn how to be like. Because there's also different jobs in music other than just being an artist. You know, you mm-hmm. can be a manager, you can be an executive, an A&R, all these different positions. But we don't really, there's nobody to teach you that. And so, like, as my career grows, I want to, like, build facilities that can be, like, educational centers where kids can go and learn about all these different positions. And maybe if a kid's not good at rapping or good at singing, um, you know, they're very, they might be very business minded and savvy and know how to sell the artists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can learn about how to become an executive and run a label and do all that sorts of stuff. So even yeah, just the social it, media pages doing the artwork and all. Yeah. yeah you know, graphic designing, all that. Yeah. Entire industry. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah, giving back is just a big thing I want to do with my life. Like, like I want to make a lot of money, but I also want to give back a lot of money. I want to give back and help, you know, the next generation. Cause 
really we're only here for a limited time. So I just want to be able to build for the people who are also going to be here after, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. No, it's, uh, well, going back to the, also the self-sustainability thing, this is a brilliant segue because I was going to ask about the, about your circles, your, um, your friends and the people that help you grow, um, you know, mm -hmm. your brand. Um, do you have a big one? Do you have some, do you keep small circles? Do you, you keep the money within the family, so to say? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely keep a tight circle. Um, yeah, like the people that really that I work with, like my cousin's actually my manager. So one of my cousins, he's my manager, um, but he also has like a business partner and she also helps manage me as well. Um, so they, they work together as a team. And then that's Neil, right? Yeah. They, yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah. We've, we've communicated before. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah so like i really keep a pretty tight circle and then i just have like my close friends that i grew up with um mm -hmm. but yeah i really yeah i really keep it really pretty tight like who i keep so you give them all sort of like jobs and and what functions to do more yeah help you out. yeah like everybody has a role you know what i mean so mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely and i feel that's what like every artist really needs that because like of course you can do everything yourself but it makes it easier for you as an artist when you got people around you that you know you can trust and delegate delegate to do certain tasks and all that, you know, and then you can just yeah. focus on the music part. So, Yeah, I always have this uh, thought of, because um, you, you, one thing you can give your friends money or your family or whatever once mm -hmm. you get there, right? But then it feels like it's not earned. Better yeah. to sort of, you know, if, if, if you get functions, even if you're overpaying, at least, you know, you create that self-sufficiency at, at that point, the self uh, or self-sustainability in within the business uh, side of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it keeps everyone motivated and gives them purpose, I guess. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and then people are flourishing within their strengths. Yeah. And they gain yeah. more confidence in themselves. And then, you know, they start to help other people, you know, and it's just like, it's just a cycle, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, really, that's, that's just what I want to do. Even my name, it literally means let me help you. So, I feel, oh, yeah, I feel like my, my yeah. purpose really here is to just help people, bring the best out of people and just give back to as many people as I can and just help them become the best versions of themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And what uh, projects do you have coming? What are you um, really looking forward to the most? I see you're posting um, one single every, how long? Yeah, every week for the whole year. Every, every week. week for the whole year. How long have you worked on those? Um, like the vault, the vaults. See, oh, so it's funny. So I've I've, I've been recording obviously t like the past couple of years, um. But I'm still even as I've been dropping these songs, I'm still making more music. So it's like, it just where'd that come from? The whole idea. Um, man, honestly, I got it from Russ, but it was also just because mm. um, what happened was like last year, I planned to drop an album, like my third album. And everything was ready. It was all ready to go, blah, blah, blah. And we're, we're starting to plan for, like, the album release, da-da-da, merch, da-da-da. And then COVID came and just shut everything down. And it was just, like, literally just, like, threw my plan out the window. <laughs> so I had to, like, really yeah. sit. A lot of us. Yeah, yeah. And I so I just had to sit and think. And I was like, okay, hey, man, like, I, we really thought, like, everybody thought COVID is going to be just a little bit. So we're like, okay, we'll push everything back three months or so. Yeah. I, you know, and then it just kept dragging on and on. And then we were just like, here okay. we are. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, I got to figure out something different. Cause I was like, 
I'm I'm the type of artist like I like my music to live with the people. I, I I'm the type I like to go to the club, have the DJ play my songs on there. I like to perform so people can mm-hmm. really feel my energy and the essence of the music. You know where it's really coming from. But we didn't have that anymore. So I just I locked myself in the studio extra long and I was just going extra hard while we were in quarantine, just making more and more music. And I started finding all these new flows and different voices. And I was just like, I realized I was like evolving as an artist to the point mm-hmm. where it was like my team was like, they were even listening to the music and they're like, man, like you've came up with so many different styles, like, like you're like yeah. You're all over the place now, you know. And I was just—I mean, like, I was just listening to all of it. It's—it it sounded completely different than the the, the stuff I was uh, listening to first, like when I first knew about you. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's it it, it it you know leaves you curious to see what else is there, you know, because the styles are so different. Yeah. So yeah. So with that, then came um, you know, I was just like, cause yeah, I, I dropped a few singles, all that, um, and then but then I was just like, hey man, I gotta figure something for next year, cause it looks like. I have to have a plan that can work with COVID being on still or even mm-hmm. without COVID not being here. So I was just like, like, I, I'm a big fan of Russ. So I was just like, and I had so much music to the point. It was like, man, I can't just let these songs sit here. So I was just like, you know what? Let me just start dropping them every week. Like just to show the fans I've really been working, show how diverse my styles are, how many different ways I can make music. And yeah, so we just decided, I was like, okay, first week of the year i'm starting to drop every week <laughs> yeah it's a hell of a goal man i would like good luck with that one yeah but um that's the whole quality of the just covid itself made everyone think of especially when you're dealing with content just quality or even quantity over quality and it's hard to do both but you're sort of doing both so how do you keep that quality control when you're when you're thinking about what you drop because you know you don't you also don't want it to compromise the brand yeah in a way like if you know at what point do you say oh if you think one project isn't finished yet or isn't good enough um but you still want to drop that week like at what point do you step away from that and think okay this might affect my brand badly let me just work on this for a bit and postpone it another week um i think it's just like naturally i'm a workhorse so like even like I'm the type of dude I can crank out five quality songs in one night you know like i remember even like if it has point- to happen it has to happen yeah, you know, like I remember yeah. one point even when quarantine just started, there was a point I made like 16 songs in like three or four days. And my team, like <laughs> I sent them to my my team and they were like, they were literally like my whole team was shocked. They were like, dude, you literally made a quality album in the past three, four days. Like you could drop this as an album next week if you wanted. And I was just like, man, like, I don't know, the energy is just flowing right now. And so it's just like, yeah, I use my team as quality control too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they'll listen to songs and they'll tell me like, ah, you can make this one better. But I feel like I've just also, I put in so much hours to this point because it'll be nine years this fall since I, since I started doing music. So it's just like, I, I can tell, you know, like making quality comes pretty natural and easy to me now because I can tell like, okay, this flow is dope. Ah, nah, this don't mm-hmm. sound too good. Let me change this. So yeah yeah you got muscle memory going yeah pretty much pretty much yeah that's <laughs> but that yeah that all that only comes with uh your repetitive repetition and just doing it if, if, you, if you i mean we have nothing else to distract us now that's that's what's cool about it though like channeling the energy into something like that yeah exactly and, um, something that pisses me off nowadays is uh it's been a while now with um the streaming hack you know like there's this thing where people 
artists seem to have, you know, if you drop an album with 25 songs on it, it's going to stream very well. You're going to get high streaming numbers with less people listening to it because, you know, yeah. the same one person listened to 25 songs, whereas with the other artists, four people will have to listen to this 10-song album to get those amounts of streams. Yeah. And it always compromises the quality of an album where, like, I think it was, like, the recently was a Chris Brown um, release year, a couple of years ago. Yeah, where you it was like the 45-song album. Something like that. <laughs> and I was like, man, I struggled to find maybe three that are really good. Why don't you just, you know, make it more compact? Do eight to ten great songs like um, yeah. Daytona by Push T, for example. That was, I don't know if, what you thought of it, but for yeah, me it was a fantastic fan. project. I'm a big man. Pusha fan, yeah. That was within the whole, where the whole discussion was going of like, do we release? Because I heard they had 20 to 25 songs, but they selected eight or seven was, I think. Yeah, even. yeah. Just seven to qualify for a Grammy as an album. Correct. And um, this is like, what you're doing now seems to be the the right way to use do the stream hack, maybe. Yeah, it's no, like it's I still like so, drop yeah. them as singles instead of an album, and you still can have the whole uh, stream numbers go up. Yeah, and because you know that's the thing too. Actually, so what? what another thing that I'm gonna do too is, um, so like with my mixtape next month that I got coming, um, what it is is pretty much just gonna be because I do know also with dropping weekly, not everybody's yeah. catching the weekly drops. You know, some people are missing some of them. Da da da, all that. Because it's a, I know it's a, it's a lot of music to digest. Still, you know, there's other people. Yeah and all that people have their real lives to live so one thing i'm going to do is like every 13 14 weeks i'm going to compile all the songs that i've dropped that past mm. those past 13 14 weeks put them into a mixtape and then drop that as its own body of work so then people are there's because there's going to be people like oh snap he just dropped the mixtape they're going to go listen to the mixtape they might have heard some of the songs but they didn't hear all of it and it's like now they get to hear a new collection of songs that mm. they didn't hear and it's like even though those songs are out now people get to digest them in a different form as well you yeah know? yeah so, i mean how do you go about promoting albums these days though <laughs> what's um, the best way hard um, actually yeah so because i feel like with albums and mixtapes you got to make them like a moment you know, so I, I do got some content that we're that we're brewing up right now. It, it's going to be super dope. It's going to be super dope. Um, I don't want to give too much about it, but but it's, it's coming next it. month. Yeah, it's coming next month though in April. And yeah, we me and my team, we've been plotting heavy on it the past couple of weeks. But yeah, we're going to we're going to have some dope photo shoots. Um, we're going to roll out some merch and stuff with it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be something just geared to also to get the fans interact, get them excited about it too, you know, through that. So it's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. Nice, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll post it as well. Just always looking forward to those, to those I, drops. And I appreciate it, man. Just, um, yeah, man, like, thanks. Thanks a lot for coming on and uh, giving your time. And, you yeah, know, man. Um, hopefully uh, some people can uh, learn from it as well. Um, see how you're doing things like go go check out Miazwe on you know on Instagram. Just your your name, that's your tag, right? That's, yeah, yeah, that's I'm, I'm yeah. Miazwe everywhere. So. Just you, you can see the way um the way he's hustling and uh you know the way he's dropping and, and running his pages and um yeah, hopefully uh you upcoming artists or even not artists, like anyone can can learn from it because you know, promotion is the same everywhere now when you're on social media. <laughs> yeah, so. definitely. Hey man, they uh anything else you want to share? 
Um, man, not really, man, not really. Just um, shout out to everybody grinding, man. I know COVID's been hard for a lot of people. And one thing I've realized with COVID too is like there's two types of people. There's like there's people that are just gonna sit and try to wait till it's done, and there's the people that are like, okay, even though this is going on, I still got to keep working to make myself yeah. better. So and blaming know, circumstance. Yeah, you know, it's like that's that's one thing with me. I'm like, I don't let this just stop me from working, you know. And, and if if it has stopped me from working, it's not too late to 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 get going again, you know. Give yourself a head start yeah. before the world opens up fully again, you know. So yeah, shout out to everybody out there working hard during these times because it's hard for everybody. But keep grinding. Actually, one thing like about COVID, one more thing is now that you bring it up is uh, the networking aspect of things. Like, how do you? How have you been? Has COVID pushed you to network more? How how do you go about networking with new artists or producers or whoever you need to network with? Yeah, man, it's actually crazy because during COVID, actually has been like the best networking wise for me. Like yeah. I made some, I made some of my biggest connects. Like um, I've got some records coming with some pretty big producers. Um, like I got some songs coming with T-Watt um, dropping later this year. He's worked with like Amine, Mac mm -hmm. Miller, uh, Cousins. Oh, Amine is great, man. I like, I like his more party, more like dancey stuff. Yeah, yeah. T-Watt yeah. actually produced Reel It In by Amine. So me and him, we got some stuff. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we got some dope stuff coming. Uh, I met him through so Clubhouse, you... uh, which is crazy because Clubhouse has been a big thing for networking. I don't know. I don't know if you've been on Clubhouse. Um, no, but I keep hearing about it. Is that like that's a good tip actually? Let me let me write that down. <laughs> yeah, no, Clubhouse has been big, and even if yeah, if you, if you want an invite, I can definitely get you invite you and get you on there. But um, Clubhouse definitely, has been big for me. Big on just um, networking. Yeah, it's just yeah. like it's like pretty much just live chat rooms and people, a lot of artists have been like meeting through their people playing their music. And it's actually mm -hmm. one of my producers, he played, um, um, it's actually Halo, the song that dropped this year before it dropped last year, he played it in the room and T-Watt was in there and he listened to it and he was like, yo, who is this? Like this kid's super. Yeah. And then it was funny too, cause I just came in the room right after he finished playing my song. And then my, my boy was like, yo, he actually just came in the room. And then, so they brought me on stage and I started talking he was like, yo, I want to work with you, bro. You're dope. So yeah, we, we just started talking and then, yeah, he sent me a bunch of beats. So we got a few dope records. Um, I've also worked with this, um, this dude, Money Montage. Um, he's worked with NBA Youngboy, A Boogie, um, you know, a few Not other bad. Uh, so yeah, we, we got some stuff coming too. So yeah, it's it's been super dope. It's been super dope that I've been able to like connect with these producers who've worked with these big artists and like just even them believing in me and like liking my music makes me even more confident in my music. Like, damn, like Yeah, man, I think people should just encourage each other a bit more. Like a cliche as that sounds, it's like those little things that to you don't mean much. Like you you gave the compliment. You didn't yeah. think it was that big of a deal. Can mean the world to to someone else and make them push through because it's a small edge of always oh, between quitting and carrying on it's such a thin line yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah just that one thing as you said in the beginning of your career as well the one compliment that your friend gave you was like mm -hmm. decided made, made you really go for that as your career yeah and that that's one thing i try to give to other people too especially like younger artists in my city and stuff like if i see them working like i'm not the type of dude that's just gonna act like i don't see it like i'll acknowledge them you know I'll drop comments on mm -hmm. their new songs like yo keep working bro i see you you know this is yeah because that that little encouragement can can really drive someone to take it to the next level so mm -hmm. and at that point once you give criticism as well they take it better because it's not coming from a place of hate they know you're encouraging it yeah exactly just sharing your opinion i think that's where a lot of people go wrong and that's where like 
accepting that criticism is is difficult, you know, and I get it. Yeah. But it, it has to happen, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> a fact. Happen. That's a fact. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, and and I hope uh, you make it, and that just proves me right too, because <laughs> you, you know bro. I've been sharing when I think of uh, like new like new upcoming artists and. I've been sharing your stuff as well, so mm-hmm. you know you have to make it for both of us. You know, yeah, definitely. Now, well, when I come to the Netherlands and perform, we definitely got to link up. Yeah, yeah, You, yeah, you got yeah, a yeah, VIP ticket sure. on me, just know. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks a lot, man. Hopefully, I can help set up the show too. So yeah, most yeah. definitely, man. Awesome, man. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, have a great weekend. Yeah, you too, man. It was nice talking with you, man.